All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night to our listeners. I realized actually um, the other day that we have like 19 countries represented in our, you know, small, early, but growing listenership, which I think is pretty cool. So shout out to everybody listening from around the world. Um, my name is Sam Taggart, and this is It's Eclectic with Sam and Harry. Um, the song you just heard is called One Love. It's a song, it's an older song. It's by an Israeli artist named Madis Yahu. Um, I shared this song today because actually the other day I was just kind of um, looking, I was just on the internet and I saw a video. It was 3,000 um, Jewish and uh, Muslim uh, people. I think it was in Israel, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Um, they came together in one hour. They learned the entire lyrics to the song in three different languages and they sang it together. And honestly, the video gave me chills. Um, it's a song I haven't heard in quite a long time, but that video got me um, really emotional and um, I thought it was super beautiful. So if you Google uh, Matiz Yahoo um, and then maybe 3000, You'll, you'll easily find this video online. Um, and maybe we'll share it in the description of the podcast on Anchor as well. Um, so that is that. Uh, last episode, we uh, talked about food. Um, and one of the things I wanted to do actually was to clarify a couple of the things that I said on my part that were a little bit vague or ambiguous. Um, one of the things we talked about was you are what you eat and the idea of listening to your gut and how the gut and the brain are connected. And I didn't have uh, much to go off of. I actually don't know if I even made this point, but I wanted to. And it's fascinating to me that um, your, your brain and your gut are actually physically and biochemically connected in a number of different ways. But the most interesting way that I, that I heard was that, um, your gut and brain are also connected through chemicals called neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters produce um, in the brain control feelings and emotions. For example, the neurotransmitter serotonin contributes to feelings of happiness and also helps control your body clock. Interestingly, many of these neurotransmitters are also produced by your gut cells and trillions of microbes living there. Um, a large proportion of serotonin is produced in the gut. And this goes on and on, actually. If you just look up brain-gut connection, you'll see there's actually a real link between um, what you, or sorry, your gut and, and your brain and, and how, kind of how your gut actually controls your brain. Many, many people actually refer to um, the gut as the first brain, or I guess the second brain, but it, I, th I found that super interesting. Harry, actually, I haven't even introduced you yet. Maybe you can introduce yourself and... and uh, and uh and comment on what i just talked about yo what's up everybody yeah no definitely uh definitely very interesting i've been listening to this intro it's been going well i thought so the uh gut clarification brain you know sort of uh relationship um definitely interesting and when you said that like it made a lot of sense to me i can definitely think of times where you know i it was getting high at night and eating on some crap and waking up and feeling shitty. And like, and now it's kind of even more clear, like why that might be happening or why that might've happened. Um, 
and you know or even if you're just like drinking and stuff like that i think that's like a more like common maybe thing that people can experience well i know everyone everyone has midnight snacks and stuff too so i think like if you think about those experiences when you kind of like start your day out you know in a certain way feeling like maybe groggy or didn't sleep as well you know maybe because you were digesting overnight they say that's not good for your your sleep um not only is that you know directly related to maybe kind of how you're feeling because of like I said the the lack of sleep or lack of quality sleep but also even just feeling like a little out of whack or feeling like your stomach's bothering you a little bit in the morning is like another level to it and I think that um you know maybe is something that can benefit a lot of people to or even like you know maybe motivate people to kind of overcome certain um certain things like that whether it be like kind of eating too late at night or um, starting at your day, you know, eating something, you know, indulgent, things like that. I think when you understand like the more direct relationship, as you just explained, um, that kind of, you know, gives gives more clarity to see like, oh, I can directly impact like the quality of my thoughts or my feelings, you know, to start each day or as I'm going to sleep or, you know, throughout the day based on the things you're eating. So, um, you know, a little bit intuitive, but also at the same time, like, you know, people, if people are not understanding that the gut and digestion and stuff like that is directly related to your brain and all these things, like in the ways that you described, they might think, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll eat that, you know, that pint of ice cream or I'll, you know, I'll eat that um, indulgent kind of breakfast meal, or I'll eat that, you know, thing that I know is going to make me feel like a little bit less, you know, less energetic or a little bit more um, tired just because they don't understand how directly related it is. So definitely interesting. Um, you know, I'm glad we're talking about it now, even though it's not the food uh, topic episode, but definitely uh, I think it's worth bringing back up. So for sure. And the second clarification I wanted to make was just around, um, I said this thing around talking to food or sounds with food and I hadn't, I really couldn't remember what the experiment was, but, um, there is a, a uh, Japanese uh, businessman, author, pseudoscientist. So pseudoscientist, let me just throw that out there, named Masaru, Masaru Emoto, who um, once claimed that human consciousness can affect the molecular structure of water. Um, and so there's an experiment all around that, actually. Um, it's called, uh, the there's this movie called The Secret of Water, which is pretty fascinating. He, they play different uh, styles of music, classical, rock, all these types of things. And then I believe they freeze water molecules and they show you how the water molecules actually actually change um, over top of it. But there was also an, a rice experiment, which is what I was referencing, where he places equal amounts of rice and water in three beakers. Each day for 30 days, he approaches the jars. To the first one, he says, thank you. To the second one, he says, you idiot. And to the third one, he offers no words, turning his back on it and ignoring it completely. <laughs> Um, in the film, at the end of the 30 days, we see that the beaker with the rice and water that he thanked every day is fermenting nicely and appears to have no mold or rotting material. The second beaker, which Emoto assaulted verbally every day, is covered with black mold. And the third beaker, which he ignored for 30 days, appears to have even more black crud in it. Um, in fact, Emoto tells us the rice is actually rotted. Now, um, there are some like scientific um, questions around his experiment, which I was reading about. And obviously I can't say for sure this is like one experiment, but um, that's what I was at least referencing in the last episode. And um, I do believe that uh, the, the claim around the water molecules, um, I've actually heard a lot of people in the last few months that, that I've met and come into contact with talking about this idea of 
restructuring water and the idea that you can do that through energy. So those were some of the things I wanted to clarify um, about last time. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that was, that's, now your clarification on that, like kind of talking to food experiment is interesting to me that you, you know, the results that you just described being, and again, you know, pseudoscience, like maybe he, you know, uh, manipulated the experiment so that he would get those results potentially, like, you know, maybe that's true. But I think whether or not uh, that is true, the representation of how the rice that was, you know, spoken to in positive ways was doing, you know, fermenting well and fermenting nicely and in healthy ways versus the one that was kind of being spoken to in negative ways, you know, exper experiencing some mold, black mold, which is the most unhealthy mold, definitely, if you ever see, you can scrape some molds off, but you definitely can't scrape black mold off if food mm -hmm. needed. Um, and then it's interesting that you said that the one that was ignored, uh, kind of like, at least the way you described it, it, seemed to have like maybe more black mold than the one that was spoken to negatively. And I think that's really interesting and just kind of like aligns with some of the things I've been seeing in kind of the like positive psych slash, you know, some astrology, honestly, I'll be, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been getting into a little bit of astrology. I definitely don't understand like what any of it really means or like how it applies. Like other than that, I'm an Aquarius. I don't really know anything, but I'll say the messages are pretty good and you can use them for different things, but not to, not to get too far off track, but essentially I've been seeing things about how people can become you know, addicted to or like very habitually attracted to or even um, comfortable with like certain um, toxic uh, relationships that they might have in their lives where they kind of get used to being in a certain state or they're like drawn, even drawn towards like the negative kind of experiences or like the ups and downs of, you know, kind of being put in a difficult situation and then like overcoming it over and over again, yada, yada. But I think that just kind of like to me connects with um, the ignoring versus like the kind of negative, um, negative speech um, and how the ignoring the rice kind of like was worse for it. Because I think just being acknowledged and kind of like, even though it's unhealthy to like, you know, be, to be in a relationship where you're constantly like spoken down on or things like that, I think it just kind of shows that even being in or in the relationship at all, there are certain like comfortable qualities or, um, you know, experiences or feelings that don't necessarily drive someone as deep into like a negative space as they might be if they were like completely isolated or like actively, I should say, if they're being actively ignored by someone that they might, you know, want to be acknowledged by. So I can, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if that made total sense. But again, again, I'm just saying that based on some of the psychological stuff I've been reading and seeing, um, it kind of makes sense to me that, like I said, you know, even being spoken to by somebody um, or being spoken to by somebody negatively is not necessarily as bad, like I said, as, you know, noticing maybe that person that you want to take care of you or talk to you um, actively, you know, shunning you or just like deciding to disregard you or things like that. So, um, yeah, just to just to cut my again, like my rambling a little bit short there. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. And I'm glad, again, I'm glad we did these like clarifying things, even if it's like a little bit unrelated to the stuff we're going to talk about soon but i think it, you know again in some ways it's all related yeah for sure and i can i can really get down with what you were saying I and mean, i think that because there's always some truth right and even if someone's speaking to you in some kind of negative way there's always some truth there whereas if you're being ignored you get nothing you know and i feel like that, that is a, a deep pain so right. interesting and um 
truth or like even like a possibility of you know understanding still like there's like hope almost like when you're still even if it's like a complete hopeless you know seeming kind of dynamic or a hopeless seeming kind of uh relationship or like conversation or whatever it might be i think that to a certain degree as long as the conversation is being had you can like hold on to like hope that it's the work is being done and like there's a potential and stuff like that for clarification or like positivity but um you know, again, whether that's true or not, I think it's like, it's way easier to kind of like hold on to those things when you're participating with, you know, in a, in a situation with somebody else versus like someone just deciding like, I don't care at all. I'm not even going to, you know, I'm going to actively ignore you and there is no hope. So, um, or, you know, it's less hopeful. So anyway, anyway. For sure. So I'm, I'm going to also do today's positive psych intro. Um, it comes from a friend of mine who shared it, actually. Um, it's not her quote, but she shared it. Uh, her name is Amanda Huggins. She is a dear friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time now. We both worked at a social media marketing agency called Vayner Media um, for a number of years. And we both made big leaps in our lives. She's actually... Um, an anxiety coach these days and she does amazing work and I recommend that if you do have anxiety in your life that you um, check her out her Instagram handle is anxiety to empowerment and the other day she shared this quote which I actually saw that you had already liked um, and it's not really a quote it's more a, a list of things to think about and it comes from a woman named Nedra Tawab or Tawab, I think. She's a therapist. Um, her N-E-D-R-A-T-A-W-W-A-B on Instagram. And the quote is, life is too short for, and then a list of things. So self-pity, doing things that you don't like, inauthentic relationships, faking it till you make it, poor boundaries, putting your growth off, resisting healthy changes, dreaming without creating goals, second guessing yourself, and trying to hide who you are to fit what others want you to be. And this quote, I don't know why Amanda chose to share it this day, but actually it came a day or so, or maybe the same day as the passing of Chadwick Boseman, um, which I shared something on Twitter actually, which was kind of like, you know, celebrity or not, you know, death is tragic. And, but this one really hit me and it's similar to how, you know, Kobe's passing earlier this year. And when she shared it, I just thought a lot about, you know, yeah, life is short, you know, life is too short. And there's all these things that we do in our lives to really, that really hurt, hurt us, you know, inside and things we allow ourselves to do that, um, we just shouldn't and we'd be way more happy without without them in our life so um you know i'm not going to read it again if you want to listen to the quote again i know it was a little bit long feel free to re rewind but um harry i'm sure you have some thoughts on this on this quote yeah no i definitely i i do follow that account um you know your friend your friend posts great stuff she i love the work that she's been doing and that is an, is absolutely a post i've liked um and, you know, it's, it's, it's happy, it's helpful reminders, you know, those are things that we should kind of like a strive to, um, you know, those are ways we should strive to structure our lives, I believe. And I, I do understand how it is hard for people to kind of like make the choices they want to make in life. And we can be really hard on ourselves sometimes about like not making those choices and kind of being like, man, like, I know that I should be doing this this way, or I know I should be living life this way, but I'm not. Um, 
but at the same time i think like striving to live the life in the ways that you know were listed in your positive swipe uh, site quote or post from from today um is is really the best way to aspire to live our lives and is the most um true way for us to be ourselves and fulfill and feel fulfilled and feel um connected with the world around us and feel uh, not feel miserable you know kind of like living a life that we don't want to be living and it's you know easier said than done like i said there's a lot of systems in the world that kind of are designed to like make us believe that you know um we should just kind of assimilate or it'd be easier just to kind of like follow a certain path but I think the more of us that hold on to, you know, trying to, um, you know, live our lives the way we want to and full of love and passion and creativity and um, kind of believe self-belief, the more of us that hold on to that, the more of us that like succeed in doing that as often as possible, the better the world is and the more legitimate, like, um, you know, beneficial opportunities there are for people to fulfill themselves. And like, you know, it's just the same thing with like, whether it's participating in, you know, politics or, or activism or creativity or, um, you know, uh, a certain business or a certain art maybe that you're involved in. I think that they're all related um, in these ways in the sense that, you know, the more of us that don't hold on to those beliefs or think that we should live life in those ways, then it does make it harder for all of us to kind of make the changes that we need to make. And um, yeah, just honestly, I, I encourage people all the time to live their lives with, um, you know, passion and, and don't feel bad for yourself and, you know, things like that, feel empowered, keep moving forward. There's always going to be another, another day. And another chance for you to kind of do the things you want to do. And I think, you know, Chadwick Boseman, just to touch on, you know, his, his death. I mean, I think the same thing with, like you said, with Kobe, I mean, seeing these like iconic people kind of pass unexpectedly, you know, at young ages, I mean, it just, it does hit hurt a lot. It does hit you hard because you see the mortality of these people that you think like are going to be around for a long time. And you kind of, uh, you know, almost like expect to keep hearing about them as your life goes on. And I think Chadwick is somebody that, you know, every time I saw him do a, you know, interview or like a, a public speech or, you know, whether, you know, or, or marketing for a movie or something like that, he always seemed so authentic and so real and so like genuinely good as, you know, a good person. And, um, you know, Black Panther, like, you know, obviously kind of his most like well-known movie, although he's been in a lot of really high, high profile movies and played high profile characters and, and, you know, historical figures. I think it's just incredible to see what he's done with empowering, especially empowering, you know, people in the black community and to see like a, or the representation of um, someone who looks like them as a superhero in the mainstream and making a billion dollars in, you know, as, uh, as the first Marvel movie to make a billion dollars, excuse me and um you know be nominated for oscars like things like that like he he left an incredible impact and i think he was a great example of somebody you know especially looking at how he died you know having this long battle with colon cancer that nobody really knew about he was doing at least nine movies that were big blockbusters training doing all these different things throughout that doing you know uh charity work with like sick kids and doing you know promotion for the movies and all these things and and people didn't really know what he was dealing with but he didn't have self-pity in his life it didn't seem anyway you know he did you know live life with passion and pursue the things he wanted to do in in the world and but yeah i saw uh, actually some things on twitter posting about how you know it it sh we shouldn't use chadwick's death as an example of um you know promoting ableism in our culture which is to say that like if you you know because you're able to do something you should do it you should be productive all the time things like that 
And I agree. I don't think we should like use him and be like, look, he was sick and he did all these things. But I do think he is a great example of someone that chose how they wanted to live their lives, lives, despite, you know, the sickness that they were dealing with. And despite that, the issues that they were dealing with in their health and their lives, they still, he still wanted to go out there and, you know, do the, live the career that he wanted to live and make the movies he wanted to make, represent the people he wanted to represent, be, you know, a role model for, you know, an entire, you know, world, honestly, and, and, and people all over the world. And I think that um, that is something that you can say about him that's not, you know, manipulating like his death or anything like that. I think it was really inspirational to see that he overcame the things he overcame. Um, even though ultimately he didn't survive, he really did an incredible job just being the person he was, like, despite the issues he was facing. So, um, yeah, just to stop there, but I really like the quote, I like, or like the, the post that you shared, I like the message behind it, and I think it does relate to um, Chadwick Boseman and his death and, and how he lived his life and kind of the other things we're going to be talking about today, so. Yeah, I mean, his, his death was, was tragic. Like I said, it, it, it hit me quite hard, I think, you know, really because it, I, you know, it ha I didn't know he was bad on this, as, as you said, you right. know, I mean, what he was able to do the last few years in his life going through that. And um, he's a, tr you know, really just a true inspiration in so many ways. And I think that, you know, we can't even really speak to the full inspiration that he, he provides, provided, you know, because, you know, we're not, we're not black. And, and, and he, you know, he played this, this character, um, which became more than just a character, you know, he became this real inspiration of, of power and strength and, 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 um, I don't know, all of these positive kind of emotions and, and, and characteristics as the Black Panther and, and through all of his, his appearances and his speeches and, um, all these things. And yeah, I mean, I guess there's nothing really left to be said. I mean, rest, rest in power, Chadwick. We yeah. were, we're thinking about you and, uh, and yeah, definitely. so we've 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 kind of actually gotten into our episode in a weird way um you know the first episode we talked um mainly about sports and social justice and um lately in the states there's been a lot of things in the news um related to the, those two topics and also related to some other topics politics um you know, the passing of Chadwick Boseman, for example, and things related to kind of just things I've been seeing in the headlines that was just making me, I don't know, feel uncomfortable, making me feel upset, making me feel, and making us feel, I think, compelled to create an episode that's more so just talking about what's going on in America right now, what, what's been in the headlines. And so it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mish, mash, actually, <laughs> throwback to last episode. Um, but it's a it's a bit of a you know uh, a variety of topics about what's going on in America right now. Again, we felt compelled to talk about these things, um, and I guess we'll lead off with something that's um, not exactly um, today's news, but it's super relevant, which is um, the shooting of Jacob Blake, um, which happened last week, and. It actually kicked off um, a lot of um, it. It was like the next, you know, like we're always just kind of waiting in America for the next time it happens, you know, and this was the next time it happened. And it's just been I mean, it's just devastating. I don't know what else to say. about. Yeah, yeah honestly, definitely, you know, again, like 
I woke up similar to you know when the day that George Floyd the video of George Floyd dying was started circulating on the internet I think a lot of people like woke up whatever you know whatever day Jacob Blake was shot and started hearing about it and potentially seeing videos that they weren't prepared to see and stuff like that and I know that I initially saw posts about it and wasn't really trying to watch a video of another um, you know, black man being shot by police. Um, eventually I did see the video and essentially for those of you that might not be aware, I mean, I hope people are aware of what's ha what happened, but this man was, you know, had parked his car and was basically like, according to witnesses, de-escalating a fight between two people and cops were called and essentially, you know, one thing, I mean, the video is really just him calmly walking around his car, you know, kind of ignoring a police officer as a gun drawn on him. And then as he's kind of like, again, very, very, um, you know, slowly not making any like crazy actions or doing anything aggressive or anything like that is getting into his driver's seat or about to do, he's just shot like so nonchalantly seven times in the back by this cop, like right with his kids, right with Jacob Blake's kids in the car, you know, that his driver's side door is open and they can see their dad being shot. So very traumatic, I know, for a lot of people, especially in the black community. And um, you know, again, like kind of ties into, it's weird how things kind of all tie together, but uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman, we talked about the ways that he um, was a great um, representation in the black community and was helping um, kind of, uh, you know, empower people in the black community to feel like they were seen and things like that. And also the messages in, in Black Panther, as you alluded to, being kind of like the oppression of black people around the world. Like that was a big theme of the movie. And again, ties into the current events that we were, were talking about today. And um, yeah, just absolutely disgusting to see that again. At the same time, I kind of, what I from what I know about the world in America, and I think you can probably um, you know, reiterate this. It's I, I kind of assume this stuff is happening like every day. I mean, to be honest, like I kind of have the feeling and expectation, unfortunately, that somewhere in America, every single day, you know, a black person is un unjustly and unfairly um, harassed, at least at the minimum harassed by a police officer somewhere in this country. Um, but yeah, I mean, having the videos come out and really shock people definitely, you know, in incites more, um, or inspires and incites more movement, more action, more anger, justifiably so, and then more passion towards like creating change. Mm -hmm. So there have been, you know, protests being organized and marches being organized and things like that. And the NBA, which is actually like a topic we wanted to get into um, in more like a sports oriented way recently. Um, but now we're gonna talk about it kind of more related to their responses to the Jacob Blake shooting and things of that nature. So. But yeah, essentially, you know, it's been called a boycott. I'm still seeing boycott as the like word used about um, the response of NBA teams uh, on, I believe it was Wednesday of the week that Jacob Blake was shot. It's really a, a strike. So basically it's a boycott is when people decide they're not gonna buy like goods or, ser or services from a certain company or, or, or things like that. A, a strike is when like workers are not, you know, working essentially to kind of like um, use that as leverages to create change, like whether it's within their company or in the world or whatever. So essentially the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the number one overall seed in the NBA, they took a strike um, where they're calling it a boycott, but it was, they took a strike and didn't like just decide independently not to, and you know, not to play in their playoff game on that Wednesday. And 
there was like a chain re- and that was a huge thing huge thing huge statement made by them i mean they're in minnesota or they're in milwaukee excuse me which is kenosha wisconsin is where jacob bleak was shot um they also have a player uh, on the bucks who was last year i believe um you know like assaulted by police officers on video and he was tased and had, a, had a, i believe he was tased i know he definitely had um a knee on his neck at one point and so it's really hit home with that team and especially the NBA which is a league made up of predominantly black players um you know these things really really you know hit home with with the, with the league and the players so they took this stance took a strike and it led it to a chain reaction um in the NBA and in other sports leagues essentially where teams and players were taking strikes and deciding not to play in playoff games or regular season games um, the NBA essentially like postponed all of their uh, playoff games for Wednesday and Thursday of that week. And I know the MLB, you know, Major League Baseball also postponed the games that they had scheduled for Wednesday and Thursday. And MLS, Major League Soccer, did the same thing, I believe. Um, in a slightly delayed reaction, um, the NHL did have games on that Wednesday night, which um, – you know, was spoken out against by one of the better players in the NHL, who's also happens to be, you know, a black man, a black athlete named Evander Kane, who was very disappointed in their response initially to um, to the Jacob Blake shooting when they just decided to keep playing the games while the, all the other leagues were, were taking strikes. The NHL responded, as I said, in a delayed fashion and postponed the games for that Thursday and Friday, and they resumed on Saturday. Um, again, just to give you the lay of the land kind of of like the um, – some of the events that have been happening in this country as a result of, you know, more racial, um, you know, violence at, at the hands of the police. Um, and uh, another, you know, angle, again, there's been a lot going on to this is that Kenosha, Wisconsin, there was also, there were these protests as a response to the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha. And then there was a white supremacist, 17 year old white supremacist who honestly, I don't even know if I want to say his name. I don't know if that's like helpful to people or not, but, you know, I'm not going to say it. He, 17 years old, drove from a different state, I believe, to Kenosha, Wisconsin, with an assault. Uh, you know, I don't want to, people get, you know, especially gun rights activists, they get fixated on, like, whether you use the right terminology or not. I don't know if it was an you know, assault rifle, semi-automatic, I don't, I don't know, whatever it was, it was a military-grade weapon, goes to Kenosha, shoots and kills two um, protesters. I believe he shot a third one, and that person is alive right now. Um, and, you know, I, again, I, that was a big framing of kind of the whole conversation that we're about to have and, and things of that nature. But, um, yeah, really messed up stuff. I mean, white supremacist, mass, you know, uh, public shooting. I mean, it's like every, you know, racism, police violence. You know, you know it's like every angle of all the negative things happening in this country um, are kind of just being is on, has been on display the past couple of weeks as they have been throughout the last several months, you know, to be honest. Um, and just, you know, again, like just some initial thoughts on um, this stuff. Uh, you know, I guess I'll start with just like the um, Jacob Blake shooting again, as I said, absolutely disgusting. And there needs to be systemic change because these cops, like, again, whether or not they're straight up racists or not, I think there's a lot of them that straight up are, you know, racists who are looking to um, maybe you know, be vigilantes or whatever um, in these situations where they're assaulting citizens and especially black and brown um, people in this country. But at the same time, they're clearly just not like properly, you know, equipped to handle the um, responsibility of being police officers with weapons and guns and things like that. I mean, like if you can't de-escalate situations 
without shooting somebody in the back seven times, like you shouldn't be a police officer. And I honestly think that, you know, police um, reform is like majorly needed and that most situations, if not all situations can use like a different expert, you know what I mean? Like whether it's a mental health expert or a doctor or, you know, a detective or like things like that. You don't just need a bunch of cops running around, like responding to every situation when they don't have proper training for anything basically. And it, you know, takes like six months to become a cop. So um absolutely disgusting uh and then on top of that you know the white supremacist shooter there's videos of him like walking towards police officers with the gun with the uh, you know with a military grade gun in his you know in his hands and they're telling him to not walk near them with the gun and he kept walking towards them and it's like meanwhile you know like black men are being shot in the back you know in front of their kids like in broad daylight with witnesses around and meanwhile this white supremacist like murderer now um was being treated like giving him every single chance to just like not not do the thing that he ended up doing essentially and killing these protesters in Kenosha and he's also being portrayed as like in you know different headlines I've been seeing where it's like oh 17 year old so-and-so was cleaning up graffiti like before the before the shooting and all this stuff and then meanwhile Trayvon Martin yeah you know, a lot of us remember most of us remember you know 17 year old as well who was being portrayed as oh he had marijuana in his system the night he was murdered by George Zimmerman or he was walking around with a hoodie and this that and the third it's like man the media the the uh the police you know departments in this country and and many people in power and our government as we see just you know they can't they're not hiding it you know what I mean they're not doing a good job of hiding their bias their racism their their just prejudices and things like that and I know I'm I'm talking a lot right now and, and but again I'm just trying to like get the thoughts out you know as I as I framed the whole discussion but I mean we clearly see um if you're paying attention at all you should you should clearly see the uh, blatant issues in this country with racism like I said whether it's in the news in the representation of stories in the treatment of different types of people or not even different types of people different you know races of people um it's just really, really obvious these days and the things that need to be done in this country, you know, to make changes. I, I'm happy to see all these protests and all these people that are forcing, um, you know, are, are, are continuing to take action, um, including in the NBA. Um, I know you have thoughts on this stuff, so I won't get into like kind of the NBA angle of it, um, you know, that we can talk about a little bit together. But um, yeah, I mean, just uh, a lot has been going on, a lot of hurt in this country, you know, right now for a lot of um, different reasons and kind of like new reasons um, but related to the same problems and same systemic issues that like we've been facing for a really long time so um, yeah just just to end it there I guess and and give it to give the floor to you yeah I mean you said what needed to be said bro I mean of course I, I, I think yeah you touched on a lot of things so I'll kind of comment on them throughout yeah right we, <laughs> my, my kind of time but you you hit it you know you hit the nail on the head like America, you know, has been built on systemic racism, you know, I mean, it started with slavery, but if you look at kind of the whole history of the United States, including the police force, um, racism has always been there. And it's just now that we have, you know, phones that can capture videos um, at any kind of moment that we that we have the opportunity to see all of this that's happening on a daily basis as as you pointed out um i saw a tweet the other day from his name is ray gaddis r-a-y-g-a-d-d-i-s 
Black people have been calling out racism for generations. We pray about it, we said it calmly, we put it in writing, we put it in our music, in our movies, in our shows, we put it on stages, in our art, and you danced, you laughed, you clapped, but people never heard. And I just found that, I mean, it just says everything basically, you know? I mean, this is, this is not a new problem. This is something that's been happening for hundreds of years. And really, I mean, in the world for thousands of years, I mean, this kind of, kind of this, like, you know, the differences of our skin color making, or the differences in our, you know, whoever, you know, in, in our philosophies or our backgrounds, whatever, like slavery is not a new thing, but in America, it's been happening since the very beginning. And, um, you know, it's just, it's time to wake up. It's been time to wake up, you know, and it's, and, it, and now it's just so obvious. And it's actually just like, so it's, it's kind of like a, a sick comedy, you know, like the, you were, you're were referencing these press conferences with police officers that are like refusing to talk about things or um, the fact that like, yeah, he was, he, the 17 year old was able to walk by the police officers. And then you have like politicians who are, just like literally actually commenting on the fact that this kid was, I don't know, like that maybe he was justified in some way yeah. around this. And like, it's just like, I can't, I literally can't believe my ears. And I have the benefit, you know, of being abroad, um, of not having to put my ear to, to all of this. But like I said, like lately, it's just been so overwhelming just from the just from what's been happening but then also the responses of the people that are the theoretical leaders of our country just total clowns you know and it's just like it makes me so angry inside to that that's you know what exists today in america i mean yeah. you know there's been different reports about Jacob Blake, um, he, you know, one report says he was in violation of a restraining order. Another one said that he had a knife. There is a video that I saw where he is in some kind of scuffle, I would say, with the cops before he walks around his car. But at the end of the day, does that give someone the right to shoot someone in the back seven times? You know, like, I, I, I hate this argument that people make. It's like, oh, but he was this, he was that you know, X, Y, or Z, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, yeah. these cops have deadly weapons. They use them, like, to kill. I mean, mm -hmm. you're shooting someone in the back. You're not shooting the guy in the leg or in the tasing him even, like, and even that would not be justified. But the point is that, like, these cops, they find any excuse to justify the killing of a black person. When you see videos all over the place, of white people yelling at cops, shouting at cops, maybe even physically, you know, getting in a physical altercation with a cop. Um, Dylan, I forget his fucking name. I'm not even gonna say it out loud actually, because why, why the fuck would we? Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy who went into a, a Carolina um, church and, and shot and killed, uh, I think it was over a dozen people. Um, he, he, he was, peacefully arrested and taken, I think, even to a fast yeah, food restaurant yeah. on, his, on his way there. So like, I mean, I'm just tired of it. And I know you are, I mean, I know we talk about it all the time. I know, I know dad is and people in our lives and all these things, but like, it's just like, it's just getting to a point where, you know, I don't, I don't like to make it about 
politics really but i mean there's still people there's people in our lives even and people and i know dad posted something recently and actually our sister is going through something similar like we have this point where if there's people in your lives that feel the other way like they need to be called out like i just don't like <laughs> to me it's so black and white you know i mean not i guess it's a weird way to put it you know yeah, during the topic but i mean like I just, I just don't really, I mean, I just don't even know what else to say about the situation. Yeah. I think it's, it's very tough. I mean, it's very tough. Like when, you know, I th so Andrew, not to like, not to be um, off topic, but so like Andrew Yang is somebody who is a politician in this country or not really. I mean, he's, he ran for president. He's not like in government too crazily, but he's been, you know, been a leader and spoken about progressive policies like universal basic income and things of that nature. And there's plenty of, you know, like conservative people and even, you know, liberal rich people and stuff like that classes, people who are like, why should we give people money, et cetera. But there's the idea of participating in, in politics or participating in the world or being empowered to like create the things you want in the world or, or things of that nature. Um, you know, plenty of people say, if you want to make change, you should just volunteer or you should just go be an activist or you should just go do this, that, and the third. And it's like, man, like a lot of people probably would do stuff like that, but they have to like grind at some, you know, low wage job that hasn't, you know, hasn't, um, improved wages since like whenever, since, you know, for the last 10 years, if not last 50 years, I mean, who knows? Um, you know, and universal basic income is something that gives people like a, a basic, um, you know, amount of money to take care of themselves and have resources to eat and shelter. And then they can be empowered to like go volunteer because they don't have to worry about like working at a job to make money to eat and take care of their families and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm bringing that up to say that we don't have universal basic income in America or, you know, and, and so people are grinding in this like horrible economy during a pandemic trying to like survive take care of their families take care of themselves take care of their mental health i mean there's so many issues going on in this country right now and at the same time people are still out in the streets and being activists and participating in protests and things of that nature but at the end of the day i mean these are inefficient ways to to create change but that's because of the system that we that we live in in this world and in this country i mean it's like the systems are designed for it to be very hard to get out of poverty or be very hard to like create change within the government or within politics for you know people that are um, have less power in the in this country which is often people with less money so um, i'm bringing this up to say that yeah man i'm fed up too and i think at, we're at this point where it's very clear it's like we can't you know everyone needs to be involved like every single person that is in this country that sees the things that we're seeing which i think is a very large amount of people considering you know the internet and social media and the ways that people are recording things everyone needs to be involved i mean you, we can't you know at the end of the day like we can't i don't have obviously we all want to live lives the way we want and like enjoy things and and not have just like miserable experiences all the time but I mean, how can you see what's happening in this country or in, in the world and not find ways to like participate and, um, you know, protest against the injustices we see? I mean, I think that it's very clear that the other side of things, you know, we call it evil, call it bad, whatever you want to call it, um, the Republicans and these like racists and these white supremacists and these, you know, patriarchal, um, sexist, classist people, they're all working hard, man. They're all working really hard to maintain like the systems that exist. They're all working really hard to like delegitimize the movements against them. So, I mean, that's how it's going to be. They're going to be working harder and harder and harder. And we see that the class divide 
um, has only increased by you know an extreme amount in this country. Jeff Bezos is like worth two hundred billion plus dollars. Meanwhile, minimum wage is still like you know staying real low in most places, and inflation is going up, and you know people can't afford their rent, and they're being evicted, and all these things, and there's no health care. I mean, you name it. So like it's getting as much as like the world and like technology is advancing all the time and medicine, yada, 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 like the ways, the access to these things is still so, um, you know, unfair for the average person. And it's just, we're at a point now where, you know, rich people are not going to save us, man. Like we are putting pressure and I'm glad that we to see leaders in the NBA um, and leaders in other sports and, and certain, you know, I guess like other sorts of celebrities with money speaking out on things and participating in the ways they are. But like, they're not doing as much as the, as the average activist or protester is, you know what I mean? Like they're, you know, some people are out there in the streets with no money and they're protesting every single day and they're trying to do their best to help change this country. And I think we need to just keep putting pressure on people in power positions, people with money, you know, keep participating in the ways that we can keep speaking on, on the internet, keep sharing posts, keep highlighting information because I mean, yeah, a lot of people might, follow you and on social media or follow me on social media and like agree with how we think already but at the end of the day I mean people need to just maintain awareness and maintain participation and yeah man I'm very fed up too and I'm not totally sure like direct actions that um, can be taken like to create you know legitimate change but at the end of the day action needs to be taken whether it where it, whether it directly results in you know the world changing for the better or not because we just need to try as much as we can to you know create these changes and just to like kind of allude to the NBA, go back to the NBA for a second. That's something I was very like, um, again, impressed with about the strike. I mean, I haven't seen some uh, an NBA team like strike, take a strike and not participate in a playoff game. Like that is a, that is a really, really big deal. And I was kind of like hoping that, you know, when it happened at first, I was like, man, they can't just like come back and play the next game because then that kind of just like undermines the fact that they took a strike in the first place. In my opinion, that's how I thought about it. Because I'm like, man, like, what are they going to do? Some symbolic, there's going to be some, some symbolic gesture by the owners or the league or something. And then they're just going to keep playing the games and making the money. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, again, just like before the pandemic, just like not before the pandemic, but just like before the NBA bubble started, you know, for these playoff games during the pandemic, I feel similarly to how I did, how I did then, which is that I'm not, I'm not sure what the right thing is or what the best way for these players to use their platforms are. I mean, I do think that they have the media availability and a lot of them are kind of constantly highlighting and keeping the, you know, even Donovan Mitchell who plays for the jazz who lost in a game crushing game seven last night. I know he spoke during his emotional press conference after his season ended, he tried to keep the, the, you know, the focus on social justice still. So I think, I do think the NBA players are doing a good job with the situation they're in, in the bubble to keep the messages um, about, you know, making systemic changes to um, go against these racist systems. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I know that Obama, who's somebody that like Barack Obama, who's somebody that I was like used to be a huge fan of. And I still like like Barack Obama at the end of the day. I mean, when you find out more and more about him and and kind of the ways that he was like more of a centrist and kind of like a capitalistic sort of person and all these things like it's not I'm not super sure how what Obama's like um, motivations are all the time to like, you know, tell people to do certain things or I'm not you know people wonder why he hasn't spoken out against more things. I mean, there's just a lot of skepticism for me. Um, regarding Obama, to be honest, like he's not a super, super progressive person and he hasn't been a super progressive politician at the end of the day. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the reality. And I know that he had a conversation with like Chris Paul and LeBron James and other and another, and another group of players like that Wednesday night, 
you know, when these strikes happened and there were certain teams, the Lakers and the Clippers, that were considering, like, just canceling the whole season. And he encouraged – Obama encouraged them to keep playing. And it's, like, to a certain degree, you know, I want – it's, like, hard not to be skeptical of, like, why is Obama telling them to keep playing? I mean, like, for what reason? He's saying – I know he told them to some degree it's important to kind of, like, have clear um, demands. And I, I agree it's very important to, to have clear demands so that you can get the things you want and then – you know, you can end your strike after you get the direct um, changes that you want. But I know that he, that the three things I'm aware of that happened were that the, they decided to like make a, co- a social justice coalition of players within the league. Um, they decided to like work with the league to make actual like advertisements or like, pro- or like commercials to be aired during playoff games, like kind of regarding social justice and changes like that. Um, off the top of my head, I forget what the, Oh, the third thing was that all like all uh, available arenas are going to be used as like polling places or or voting um, centers around the country to help people have more access to voting. And those are the three things I'm aware of that have changed or that the owners have participated um, or the owners have done um, as a result of the players taking their strike. They have recently gone back to playing the games, as I alluded to. So the strike is over for now. Um, And for me, it's like, man, like, I know that LeBron and his I Promise um, Foundation, all and or, or more than a vote foundation, already got a bunch of arenas to be used as voting centers and polling places. And so the owners are like they already they already could have the owners could have already been doing this. Is my point? Like the three things that happened from this strike that ended already are a coalition of players, which kind of like probably already existed to some degree. You know the them putting out more you know like advertisements slash you know commercials talking about social justice which is already something the players are using their media availability for to highlight those things and then they're you know using these arenas that could have already been used and that the owners already like had the power to create you know as polling places so like for me it's like a little disappointing to see that those are the only things that have happened and I hope that you know more change can come from uh you know the players like using their platforms but at the same time I also saw like, a Trump interview today where he's talking or from maybe I don't know if it's from today or from yesterday where he's talking about how like he's like, you know, Hollywood people. And this is a little bit different than NBA players and owners and stuff. But he said Hollywood people and actors, you know, are going to say one thing and vote another way because they want to keep their money. And it's what Trump said. And I'm like, yo, this man is the worst person ever. And he's an, an idiot and all these things. But like, is he wrong about that? Like, I know we all a lot of us are skeptical about you know, what people say and then what they actually do. And I think the owners, it's the same thing. It's like Jalen Brown, who's a player on the Celtics, came out and said that he's skeptical what the owners are going to do. Because guess what, man? They might use their arenas. Like, when you know, after the players strike and threaten to cancel the whole season, yeah, they might throw in their arenas that were already available to be used as voting centers. They might now make them available. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what they've just done. But they're still going to be donating – to the to Trump's campaign, a lot of these owners, and they're still going to be donating to like conservative politicians in in certain local elections. They're, it's like their money money is going to be going to um, promoting their interests still. So that's why I kind of wanted. At the end of the day, I don't know if like canceling the whole season and the what the ramifications of that would be for the future and stuff like that. But um, you know, I think that's where I where my mentality is on like the recent kind of like players strike as a result of. Um, demanding more action in social justice reform. It's like, man, I, it's a, I think they cut it short again, you know what I mean, to a certain degree. I hope they use their platform and it works. But these owners, man, they're still billionaires. They've still got money. The players are still playing, entertaining people. It's like, 
you know, I think the message was like a lot louder while they were striking. And, um, you know, again, like you gotta, you gotta put the pressure on these owners and, and do things that really affect them and not just like, be like, okay, like I'll let, let us use your arenas. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, sure. You can use it. But meanwhile, as I said, they're still, you know, donating to the Trump reelection campaign. So. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, mean I, I agree with you in in some ways. I mean, the fact is if the players striked or not, you know, these owners are billionaires still are going to do what they're going to do still like is striking going to, I'm not saying you're saying that striking is going to make them make all that disappear, but it's also not, you know, I mean, that's the reality. And so this is like a much bigger conversation. And I think the reason the players probably ultimately decided to play, and I don't know because I'm not in their heads, but like, this is a long journey, right? This is a long road and it's not going to, nothing, nothing is going to happen, you know, in, a week or two weeks or a month or whatever. And, you know, these guys love playing ball. They also have the opportunity. I mean, they're all, you know, most of the press conferences touch on these things. They're really focused. I think the commentators are talking about it throughout the the games that I've been able to watch. I don't watch a lot of games from abroad, but like I do kind of give the players a a break. And I I know, I know you do too, um, you know, but I, I give them a break for coming back to the game. And I think that, you know, in the first episode, we talked about, you know, would the NBA be a distraction or would sports be a distraction to this? And actually, I think we found out that sports have been able to, like, continue to amplify. Like, sports are being played every every day, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're having all they're getting all this attention and all over the courts, the uniforms and the press conferences and the commentary, like everywhere. This conversation continues to live because of sports in a way. So I've actually been a bit surprised in a way which, you know, I'm, I'm happy about because I do think sports brings people together and I'm happy that it truly is doing some good things. Again, like, of course, things could be different, but I think that's kind of what I've, I've been seeing and thinking about. One of the other things I think you, you touched on is like, what can people do? And, um, you know, the biggest thing people can do is vote. You know, I mean, obviously there's a billion things people can do, but the worst case scenario is Trump gets reelected. And, you know, there's a few Supreme Court justices that are really at the end of their run, you know, really just holding on. And if he wins again, they're pretty much going to get two or three more justices, which, which really means that like the next decades, decades and decades, you know, could be really bad in America. So of course, there's a billion things people can do, you know, volunteering and, and shouting from the rooftops and protesting and how they, how people buy, where people buy their products from all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, like you said earlier, the Republicans are going to vote, you know, and they're going to vote hard and they're going to vote maybe harder than they've ever voted, you know, and you know, Democrats traditionally don't show up to the polls as well as Republicans. And, um, you know, there's a lot of Democrats and lots of liberals and lots of people on our side, I would say, of the coin who talk a lot and don't actually pull the trigger and vote. Um, And so I would say that, you know, that's one major thing people can do. The other thing, uh, a buddy of ours, his name is Owen Stone, he posted something, um, an email he got, you know, Owen does a lot of kind of (laughs) 
public appearances, let's say. Um, sometimes he's calling into Philadelphia Public Radio. Um, other times he's on Twit Live. Um, he got an email the other day that I wanted to share. Um, Owen is a, a black man from New Jersey. He's one of the funniest and craziest people I think I know. Um, Harry and I are both good friends of his. Um, but he posted this email he got after he appeared on Twit Live and it says, I am a 62-year-old conservative Fox News watching Trump supporter. I heard your closing comments on Twit Live yesterday. I'm very sorry you had to go through the crap you and other African-Americans who are judged based on the color of your skin. That's not a real sentence, but anyway. The former building superintendent at my job told me about the time he was pulled over on the way to work. His crime, he was driving a Lexus. You've helped wash away all of my naivete and uh, I had about this important issue and I want to affirm you on your greatest responsibility being a great dad. And um, I think, you know, I just want to maybe lighten up the, the discussion a tiny bit because, you know, obviously Harry and I are very like heated and discouraged, I would say, about what's happening in America. But, I'm, you know, there's this clear divide in America. I mean, it's always been there and now it's really there. and um, and I don't know how much I agree with this fully, but what I want to say is that I think we need, we need to find, you know, some kind of empathy, you know, I think that empathy and honesty and communication and, and these types of things are really important. Now, you know, to, to help kind of bridge, bridge sides, you know, now on the other side of the equation, there's some people that I believe can't be bridged, you know, like for example, like dad the other day, um, posted on Facebook about, you know, someone who's been a friend of his for a long time. He's seen this person posting a lot of kind of like police, like Blue Lives Matter content or Trump content. And he kind of comments sometimes just to kind of add his thoughts in a more of a kind of objective kind of a way. And eventually it got to the point where he just had to unfriend this person. Now, so like, I, I do understand that and this is one example of the fact that, you know, sometimes empathy cannot, cannot you know, it's just like, it's out of the question. It's, it's, it's gone too far. But I just do hope, I guess, and pray, I'm not a religious person, but I would say I pray for empathy and understanding and things that maybe seem too good to be true for America at this point. But I really, you know, I'm just sad. You know, there's protests all over the place. Even the other day, um, there was the one in Portland where the the right winger got shot by someone who's it's kind of not determined exactly what happened there yet. And now that's being used in the media by politicians to say that, you know, the Antifa, the like left side is, you know, like really is, is causing chaos and madness and blah, 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 blah. Like it's just like back and forth, bro. And like, I guess my point is just that I, I, I just hope and, and like I said, pray that America can find some peace and that people can, like just that this madness can somehow end and i know that's just probably wishful wishful thinking because like there's a lot you know it's just it's just so built up over the last hundreds of years and all of this is just totally going over like this it's like hitting the boiling point and i don't see it happening this way but it's just how i feel in my heart like i hope that you know that this this can happen um yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree, like, genuine, generally, I agree, like, I think empathy and, you know, like, trying to understand other people is the best way to, like, 
actually educate other people because that's the only way. I mean, at the end of the day, like if you're, if someone's ignorant to something and they're like ingrained in a certain belief, it is much harder to like change their mind, but at the same time you have to understand their mind in order to change it. So like, I'm always very conflicted, especially these days about that sort of ideology or like way of thinking, I guess, just because like, you know I mean? Like how much energy should like, should I be spending trying to like talk to some ignorant ass motherfucker about like how they shouldn't be a Trump supporter or some shit. Like when I could use that energy to like, you know, be, be an ally and be an activist and, and participate in, in those ways or demand the changes I want. So I think at the end of the day, I'm not going to judge anybody for, for taking that empathetic, empathetic approach and like trying to change people's minds and, and stuff like that. But I think it's like important for us to, yeah, find that balance. Like, you know, maybe try for a couple comments and then if you need to unfriend or unfollow unfriend or unfollow and move on because um it can bring us down to like to like try really hard to change someone else's mind and just kind of be just spewed back at with like ignorance and and the opposing views and just you you might feel like oh man that didn't work and now that might bring you down and make you less of a an efficient ally or efficient participant you know for the progressive side of things and that's honestly where i'm at also with how I would label myself. I mean, like, I know you said like Democrat liberal, like that's generally in the past, maybe stuff that I would have associated with you know, myself with in terms of my thinking, but you know, I'm a registered Democrat, but I'm not, you know, that's just cause that's how it is in this country. You gotta be one or the other, or you can be independent who doesn't get to vote in primaries or some shit like that. So it's a very flawed system as a lot of us know, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not a liberal. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a progressive person and I want socialist policies to help society. Like that's what I want. And I think that a lot of people, even recently in recent years, like it was less, it wasn't so easy for people, you know, people to say that about themselves or call ourselves progressives or whatever. But I think just like in the same ways that as much as I might be like a little bit, you know, like, ah, is it enough that NBA players are just like keeping the focus on, you know, the social activism when they're also like distracting with like playing games and entertaining and kind of still like empowering owners, as much as I might be skeptical of like what the, um, what the true tangible benefits of that might be, it is very, very different than things used to be. I mean, Colin Kaepernick was getting crucified by the media and Trump and all these people, yada, yada, for like kneeling, not even was it four years ago at this point. And now it's like Black Lives Matters on the court social justice you know phrases on the backs of jerseys like they're working with the nba to make commercials and stuff like that so i I will say as much as like i am like all right like we need real change these are big time differences to what things were like not too long ago so maybe this is the the process and this is the journey for like um you know progressive thing you know progressive movements to kind of continue to pick up steam and power and then make these real changes um, so I don't want to be like, you know, I'm not cynical about that stuff, but at the end of the day, I think like my biggest message is just like, like I said, if you're smart and you're aware of what's going on, or you don't have to even be super smart. If you're just like relatively understanding of like the way the world is and you ignore it or you like actively participate in systems that are oppressing other people or like helping to perpetuate systems of oppression, like whether that's a, in a capitalistic nature um, or in a consumerist nature or in a, you know, or in a racist patriarchal nature, whatever it might be, you, you got to question those things. I mean, that's where we're at now. That's how I feel about it. Cause like, I can't, you know, all these, all me and you cannot yell and, you know, and bitch and moan about this stuff on podcasts and like create the change we, we really want just by doing that. You know what I mean? Like, 
everyone needs to be bitching and moaning. Everyone needs to be changing minds. Everyone needs to, especially if you feel, if you feel the way that we do, I just think like now's the time. I mean, what MLK, you know, Martin Luther King's like one of his most popular and, and true quotes is talking about how, you know, people, uh, you know, you're, you're more wrong for not participating or like seeing racist stuff or seeing um, oppressive, you know, systems exist and just not speaking on it, like living your life unaffected by using your privilege to avoid being a part of these movements. Um, you're just as wrong as the racists when you do that stuff. So I think like a lot of, I encourage everyone out there again, like question society, question the things, you know, that you're doing. If you were like felt pressure to get a certain job when you were graduating college or like getting out of high school and then you've been going down a certain career path that you might have like been bought, you know, bought into because of the way society is like, you know do things differently you know what i mean like don't just don't just um don't just enable the systems anymore like that's again obviously easier said than done context is key for everybody in every situation but and it, there's the answers are also not going to be clear right away all the time but i think just like the more of us that think in these ways that think like how can i you know help humanity or how can i like not hurt humanity or how can I not enable these like negative systems as I said again it just adds up strength in numbers all these things and um you know that's that's where I'm at now again like I I you know I appreciate this the changes I am seeing I appreciate the changes in the culture that I am seeing like in political culture and how people are participating but everyone needs to be you know like you said it's impossible for us to like truly um understand to the you know true to the you know the furthest um degree what minority groups what black and brown people what the black community experiences you know on a daily basis in terms of um you know oppression and violence and racism it's impossible for us to truly know but i think you know we have internalize this stuff enough to like really care and really try to help and listen and try to do a good job of of uh you know showing empathy as much as we can and um and i'm saying that just to say that yeah like it might be impossible for you or for you know us to like truly know what it's like to experience the things that black people are experiencing in this country but we should be as angry as they are we should be as upset as you know our our brothers and sisters and our friends and our loved ones you know, who are a part of the black community are, we should be, you know, angry because people that we care about are angry. So, or even people that we don't care about are angry. It doesn't matter. They're humans. You know, at the end of the day, they're people, everyone deserves like to be treated fairly. And that's just, that's just how it is. So, um, you know, until, until everyone is really involved and really participating on a daily basis, like, uh, you know, that's the, that's the furthest we can go as a society and like pushing for change. So, Again, again, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the even best suggestions, but I just, I just really think that if you've been like holding back, you know, if you're out there listening and you've been holding back kind of like some of the ways you think that you can, you know, participate and, and help, you know, either create change or help like, you know, educate others, or like I said, help kind of like get yourself out of the position you might be into that's currently enabling some of the things that you disagree with in this world. Uh, now's the time man now's the time now's the time like we're in a pandemic you know global warming climate change is real we got a bunch of fascists out there running a bunch of countries like the economy's shitty healthcare is you know i mean like what are we waiting for like what are we waiting for to really do the things that we know we should be doing deep downside whether that's for ourselves in our own lives or whether it's 
you know, demanding the changes we want in the world. Like, I don't, I don't want to live my life like on a, on a, you know, paradise Island and like, and die of old age and be comfortable and like have all the things I need and want. And then the world around my Island is just being, you know, being burnt and being burnt down and just being destroyed by chaos and by oppression and by injustice. So it's like, you know, not, I don't think anyone should feel that way. So don't, you know, it might, it might be hard to, uh, to make some of these, you know, take some of these steps and take some of these actions that you know, I'm alluding to. But again, like, that's, I don't know, like you said, it's hard, it's hard to decide how to conclude, like, kind of like, okay, and now this thing should happen. But uh, yeah, just everyone participate as much as you can, like encourage others and live life the way that like kind of your first initial post talked about living again, going back to that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, you know, my, one, one thing you can for sure do is, is control how you live, you know, and control how you act and control how you respond to situations. You know, um, a couple of months ago I was in, um, Amsterdam and I was riding my bike down the street and I saw this white dude yelling like really aggressively, um, and kind of following this black guy. And, um, you know, a lot of times people see these things happening around them and they continue to walk or continue to, you know, bike away or they ignore or they stare from far away and just hope that something's going to change. And what I, you know, not to pat myself on the back or anything, I'm just saying like my reaction was to get off the bike, walk toward exactly towards the situation that was happening, stand exactly in the middle you know in in the situation not not between them but literally so they both saw me and make sure my presence was felt you know and to make sure that you know this guy didn't feel alone and i and i don't know the situation at all they they're speaking dutch i don't know what, what they were talking about but i saw something that made me uncomfortable and i took some kind of action and i think that we're constantly, constantly facing these uncomfortable situations, whether they're online or in real life. And one thing that people can definitely, definitely do is to actually say something and actually do something rather than, because we all have that feeling inside of us, right? When something is happening around us and we don't like it, you know, we want, we want to do something inside and yet people decide not to, you know, and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just, yeah, maybe people are fear, afraid for their safety, and that's fair, you know, I understand that, that argument, but there's always something to be done, right? And usually it's more than what we're, what we're willing to do or what we, you know, what we think we can do. So um, I think that's just something that has been, I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I've been trying to implement in my life for years, you know, and I hope that I do it, you know, every time, but I'm sure I, I don't. And it's just something that we can continue to work on as humans, again, to be empathetic, to stand up for what's you know what we believe in and actually physically and you know and emotionally um, provide that kind of support when we when we see things that, that really trouble us um, and just be you know treat people how you want to be treated if you were in that situation you know how what would you expect from somebody or what would you hope for some, from somebody and it can be you know this is really irregardless that's not a word regardless of of race or gender or anything i mean this is just human to human and i think it's just a you know that that's just be the change we want to see in the world build the systems we want to have in the world fight the systems we don't want to have in the world like there is no time 
like today. There's never been more opportunity in the world. We're in the middle of a pandemic where, like, like you said, um, and everything is changing every day unexpectedly. And there's so much opportunity and there's so much good also happening in the world today too. I just want to say that as well. Like, I mean, um, you know, obviously what's happening in America and other parts of the world, specifically around social justice and, and police um, on black, on black or brown people, crime like, uh, or violence, sorry, is, is devastating. Um, and as we've been touching, touching on throughout the whole episode, but there's so many amazing projects and people doing such amazing things for the planet, for humanity. Um, I know people are craving this inside of them. The more and more people I talk to, they want to, to, to do something good for the world, do something good for people, do something good for animals, do something good for something, you know? And I know people feel this calling. So um, I just highly, I, I, I second what you said. And I just, I just think that, you know, now is the time and there's no time like the present and all the cliche cliches, you know, but it's true. Um, and yeah, I mean, people should feel empowered and ready to go and ready to fight, not even in a bad way, but just to fight for what they believe in, you know, just to, to take a stand and take some action. And um, I think people, I know people will feel better if they do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, like just going off what you said, I mean, and as, you know, going off what I said, I guess also, but it's like, you know, the, like I said, these people are, these, uh, these, you know, anti us people or anti, you know, positivity, anti humanity people are working against us. Right. So in terms of like thinking like that we can just stand by and like, you know, things will work out. I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee things won't get worse. There's no guarantee things won't yeah. get more difficult. There's no guarantee that, um, that, you know, progressive policies will come into, you know, and there's no guarantee of any of this stuff happening. So in the sense of like, when I say, what do you have to, what do we have to lose? It's like, obviously it's possible that we all have different things to lose or different levels of things to lose. Like those things might be taken away from us while we're just thinking that we're safe and we, and we're not. And it's like, you know what, we shouldn't have to wait for that to happen to make like, again, to take these actions anyway. And um, it's like, man, you know, we, any one of us could have been born, any 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 type of way could have been born you know a black you know a black woman could have been born a trans you know person could have been born you know a latino person could whatever whatever it might be and the more that we realize that we just are who we happen to be and it's not because of any special quality that we have or anything like that the more we realize like you know what you can put yourself in other people's shoes and realize like you said how do you want to be treated how would you want to be treated in that situation and again, I, I do say like we need to take more action other than just, you know, you know, to arguing with arguing with people on the internet and stuff like that because that might not always be the most efficient use of our energy. But I do think that in general, highlighting things on the internet or in our social settings or whatever it might be is important for awareness because yeah, I mean, some people out there might think they're well intentioned, but they still, you know, need to be shown you know these videos that are making it very clear that there's there, there's two different Americas and one is where there's white privilege and I actually saw a video the other day not to like take us in a different direction but where there's a drunk dude like drunk white guy who's crashed into two parked cars is like falling on the ground stumbling getting into altercations with the cops and they just like let him go with no ticket nothing mm -hmm. and meanwhile um you know black men have been murdered for for similar in similar situations for doing much less so um and these things are being made clear to us all the time so again like I think 
now now is the time what you know the, the future is is coming one way or another so it's important for us to you know make the choices that you know well that we think can maybe help us get to the future that we want to be in and not the one that it seems like we might be headed towards um, yeah a bit off topic but i just i, I last couple days i've watched each day i've watched this documentary on netflix called um the black godfather and it's absolutely incredible um i highly recommend anybody watch it it's about about uh a, a man named clarence avon um he's highly influential um in helping and supporting um black people um i would say you know black celebrities um help them get um fair deals in their negotiations help them build their careers all kinds of people i mean you'll be absolutely amazed by um, the, the names and the, and the faces you see in the documentary. Um, it just came to my mind, obviously, because of what, what we've been talking about today. Um, and also it's highly, um, you know, funny, it's inspirational, it's a positive thing to think about. I wanna lighten things up a little bit. And actually, obviously, Harry, you're gonna get into your positive psych, which will cap things off in a positive direction as well. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think, uh... I've definitely been like a little fired up during this episode and um, generally like all the time, <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm fired up these days about this stuff. Cause like, like I said, it is very important that we um, decide how we want to live our lives, whether that's for ourselves or um, in the world, how we want to represent ourselves and how we want to represent others. Um, but at the same time, as upset as I am about a lot of these things, I like I've talked about in previous podcasts, um, about acceptance man the world is messed up the world is this way the way that we see on social media on the internet it has been this way for a long for the entirety of its of the world's existence things have been messed up and things have been bad and things are have progressed but as we know in in life progress and success is not linear um you know there have been ebbs and flows of of society feeling like we're making positive changes and then, you know, feeling like we're taking steps back. And I know a lot of us feel like we've taken steps back over the last four years, especially. Um, but at the same time, like I said, when you accept the reality of the world, it becomes a lot easier to make decisions or the reality of your world, even. And I think that when you accept the reality that black and brown people and, you know, other minorities and women and trans people and, you know, other, other examples of, um, oppressed people in this world are being treated so horribly, especially in this country that America, you know, has tried to seem like it's the authority, the moral authority in the world for forever. And really, it might be one of the greatest evils in a lot of ways, especially if you consider how America invades other countries and oppresses Muslims and, and other governments and other and other, um, other citizens of different you know, places in the world, as I, as I just said. So, um, Again, that was kind of like taking it in a more like pessimistic maybe uh, area, but I'm just saying again, saying this to say that it is clear what the situation is, and that makes it a lot easier to be like, yo, I'm not, you know, this stuff, this stuff is going to be going on whether you're participating in it in it or not. Like I said, so you might as well just take action and be like, let's let's let me be a part of this side that's going to help the world become a better place. That you know, if we if you do have children one day, or if I have children one day. I don't want to be telling them like, yeah, while all this stuff was going on, I was kind of just trying to grind on my business or grind on my social media or my brand or things like that. And that takes me to my positive psych quotes for the day, which is kind of related to the stuff I was just talking about. And again, I think this applies to Sam's positive psych post from the beginning, whether you can internalize 
these messages to help you make the decisions you want to in your life, whether it's overcoming your own hurdles, your own mental health issues, your own um, struggles to achieve the things you want, or how you want to, or this also applies to how to participate in the world and how to, um, you know, work towards the things you want to see change in society or in, in your local community um, or in the world as a whole, as, I, as I've been talking about. So I actually have two quotes. One of them is from my, my, uh, one of my journals that I've talked about a few times that has a bunch of quotes in it that kind of helped me start my journal entries. And this is from like several weeks ago that I wrote in this entry, but the quote is from Frederick Douglass, who, um, as I hope everyone listening knows, but if you don't, uh, was a former slave um, during, you know, and during the Civil War and in the times of slavery before and after. He was a major, major activist, um, anti-slavery activist, uh, and just a major leader in the history of Black community in America. And this quote is, if there is no struggle, there is no progress. And that is just point blank period. I don't need to say too much about that. But if you feel like you're struggling in your own personal life with the things you want, and if you feel like the world is struggling right now and, and society is struggling right now to progress in the right ways, that's how, you got, that's how it has to be for progress to come. It has to be that way. You can't just like expect you know, the progress that you want to just happen naturally. Um, when there are things that at work against it and so just don't be afraid of struggle you know go towards the struggle um and chip away at it and eventually things will get better um in the world and in your life and then my next quote again is kind of alluding to these things and this again relates to your personal life and the world okay so it, the quote goes to is by angela davis who is another um, major major leader major activist in the black community and has been for a long time uh, during the civil rights era and today. And this quote is, act as if it were possible to radically transform the world. And again, in your life, in terms of self-belief and, and achieving your dreams or achieving the things that you want to to fulfill yourself and in the world, whether it's politics or government or you know, uh, your local community or whatever it might be, activism, you have to act like you think, like the radical changes or the, or the, or the crazy aspirations that you have or that the world has, you have to act like it's possible in order for it to even be remotely possible. If you think it's not possible, or if you think like you're holding on to the fact that, you know what, I'm going to try, but I'm not really, I don't really believe that it's going to happen, but I'll try anyway, then the ultimate, ultimate goal cannot be reached. So whether or not it can or cannot be is not the point. The point is that it cannot be unless you act like it can be. So again, no struggle without, no, there's no struggle without, um, what, did I, what was the quote? My bad. Frederick Douglass, I'm sorry. But it was, uh, if there's no struggle, there's no progress, and you have to act like the chain, the radical change that you want to see in the world can actually be achieved in order for it to be achieved. So um, shout out Frederick Douglass and Angela Davis for those awesome quotes, especially all the work that they have done in their lives or you know previously done. Um, and yeah, I mean, going in line with everything we said today, Live your life the way you should live it. Treat others how you, how you want them to be treated and step up for others who are not being treated the way you think that they should be treated and be someone that's helpful and be an ally in the world. So um, yeah, not to end, I've been ranting a lot today. Again, it's been one of those days for me, but uh, you know, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of good that can still come as long as we are committed to making it happen. So yeah, I mean, I think they're both incredibly powerful quotes. Actually, the second one came into my feed also a couple of days ago, and I saw it and was really struck by it. And 
I've heard it before, obviously, but um, I saw it again and it made me think a lot. And it's true. I mean, we have to change our mindset, you know, change our entire mindset to believe that we can create the world that we want to, that we, that we all, not we all, but that people like us, that we, that we want to build. And, um, and we have to really shift, shift our thinking into a way where it's possible and where, you know, we, there, there, you know, anything is possible, you know, it's, it's true, you know, and we just have to put our minds to it and really, and really get to work. You know, um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Um, we talk a lot about things like this and he was saying, you know, one of the things is that we, we do a lot of talking, right. And thinking and dreaming, but one of the best ways to do things in life is to actually do them. Right. And you get instant feedback. You know, if you put your mind towards something, and you do it well you see if it worked or it didn't work right and that's a, the best way in life to get kind of this this feedback and i think it's related in this way where you know this this is an example actually of the fact of you know we just talk a lot you know i mean doing this podcast is a way for us to talk about these things but then also you know going and doing these things with that mindset um, for example, one of the things, I mean, I haven't talked about it on this podcast yet much, and I, I, I think in one of the future, the next couple of episodes, we'll, we'll touch on it a lot more, but what I'm doing these days is, is working for a foundation that's trying to build a new internet, right? And um, I think for a lot of people, that's like kind of this like crazy, outrageous thing, like what is the internet even, like what are the problems, like how can it be fixed, how can it be taken down, companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon have so much power, like, but really in our, in our foundation, we believe that way, we believe that, you know, you have to, things are positive, possible, that these things can happen, and, and as a result, we're taking the action that we're taking, you know, to create this better internet for, for humanity and for the planet, and, um, it's just one of the many things in the world that needs to be addressed. You know, do we, do we need a new internet? I mean, I think yes, but I think also there's a billion things that need to happen. And with that mindset that you're talking about, that you referenced, you know, we can, we can do incredible things and we can change the world and, and build a new world. And um, I look forward to continuing to help to do that. And um, I know, I know you do too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, we've, uh, <laughs> This has been this has been good. I mean, I feel like I've been venting a little bit during this, like uh, this conversation, this pod, but also just some things that you just said. I know we're kind of like keep like building off of each other, but that's the nature of like a good conversation, I think. And I know we're going to wrap up in a second, but, you know, you're just talking about, um, you know, working for threefold, the company that you work for and the, and the things you guys are working towards. I mean, it, it makes me think of another quote. And that's just that, you know, doubt. I forget who this is attributed to, but doubt, you know, kills more dreams than failure ever could. And mm -hmm. something that I struggle with sometimes in life, especially, you know, even in the recent, in recent years has been some self-doubt and unsureness of, and especially in the world when we see around us, when you think the way that you and I do about the world and you have the vision you have for humanity and you constantly are seeing like systems of oppression and systems just like of oppressive power kind of dominating working class people and innocent people and stuff like that it's it's hard not to feel doubt or feel down sometimes so i just want to say out there to everyone out there like you said that we're doing a lot of talking on this pod and that's the nature of it obviously but if you know if we can be a source of encouragement and not of doubt that's like something that i really feel good about and i hope that we hope that we are doing that a little bit with this pod and saying that man yeah these things might be bad and you might feel doubtful and you are unhopeful about certain things but 
we're, you're not alone out there, right? Like we're not alone and you're not alone. Like we are together and it's okay to have your doubts, but always remember that don't, don't let the doubt that's coming from some asshole in the white house that you already hate and don't want to give power to. Don't let him create doubt in you. Don't let these white supremacists or these classist people create doubt in you and allow them to give, have that power over you and stop you from participating in the things you want to participate in or fulfilling the things you want to fulfill in your life. Um, again, easier said than done, but there's a lot of discouragement out there and you know, me, myself and Sam are here to encourage you. So, um, totally. Yeah. I yeah. Totally. I mean, it's a hundred percent. I, it's funny. We, we talked earlier this week about this episode and we were like, uh, it might be a little bit shorter than the other yeah. ones. That's all right. And I think, you know, we've probably gone at least as long, if not longer than on this one, but clearly it's, a, these are all topics that we feel very passionately about. And, you know, we talk about them a lot, you know, off, off the pod. Um, but, um, I'm happy that we were able to have this conversation. Well, I mean, I wish we didn't have to, but right. I, you know, obviously I, I, I learned, um, I learned a lot from this podcast, listening to you. I always l enjoy listening to you speak about these things because you're very passionate. I think that, um, you know, we do have to, I said a little bit earlier, like we, you know, we have to be positive, but we also, you know, to your point, we have to, we have to be firm, you know, and we have to be really diligent and we have to be clear and passionate and, and, and driven and, and keep, keep, keep it up, you know? And yeah. I appreciate that about you, brother. And I'm happy that we were able to, to talk about this today. And I hope that, you know, our listeners enjoyed the conversation and, and it made, made you think. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, likewise. Obviously, my big, you're my big brother. So I've, uh, you know, gained a lot of perspective on things over my life from you. And I think that, you know, I always appreciate how you, you know, hearing your thoughts and feelings about this stuff as well. So, yeah, to everyone out there, thank you for listening. And um, you know, it's eclectic. Episode four. We're going to talk about, you know, different things throughout. But at the same time, I want, you know, we want everyone to know where our hearts lie, and that's, um, and that's why it's been important for us to talk about these things. So, you know, thank, thanks again for listening. And as we've said in the past, there I should, I should, you know, expect some solo pods eventually from, you know, Sam and I. Um, we do enjoy talking to each other a lot, so it's hard not to just hold off and do things together. But um, stay tuned and, uh, you know, peace and love to everybody out there. Love you, bro. Love you too, big bro. Peace, everybody. <laughs>